Welcome to another episode of This is the Author in Conversation, a more intimate behind-the-mic chat with our authors in the audiobook studio. Today, you'll meet author Lance Rubin and narrator Katie Shore. This husband and wife team collaborated in more ways than one to bring the humor and heartbreak of crying laughing to life. The main character of Winnie is actually inspired by Katie, who shares why she wishes she was actually more like this young protagonist when she was growing up. Booklist says this book is for anyone who's ever attended high school, had a crush, gotten news they weren't prepared to deal with, or learned that someone close to them isn't quite who they thought they were. In short, for everyone. Listen in as Lance and Katie discuss the surprising superhero-related evolution of Crying Laughing, their favorite parts of the audiobook experience, and which celebrity Lance would love to narrate his next book. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Lance Rubin, the author of Crying Laughing. And I'm Katie Shore, the narrator of Crying Laughing. And we are married to each other, is something worth mentioning up top. We're here in the studio where we just wrapped the recording of the audiobook. And we're excited to talk a little bit about our experiences as writer and narrator, ask each other some questions, chat a bit. So I'm going to kick this off, Katie, if that's okay. Good. Great. (laughs) You've read Crying Laughing before, but not only that, you were involved in the... You know, you're always my first reader, my favorite reader. So you were involved in the process of seeing that book come to life. Was there anything surprising about reading it as an audiobook narrator or anything? What was it like? Yeah, it was interesting. We talked about this a little bit when I came home every day. (laughs) Yes, Um, that's true. For me to see how much dialogue you had written in (laughs) your book and how much I would have to say and how many characters I would have to give voices to. So that made the book different for me, you know, just Exhausting, reading it. I Exhausting, is what you perhaps. said at home. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which was interesting. Yeah, what, you know, from a narrator standpoint, what about dialogue makes it specifically exhausting? Well, I think it can be difficult to get a flow going as a narrator, which maybe makes for a more dynamic listening experience because you're bouncing from character to character rather than, you know, long swaths of text in the character's yes. mind or description. So it's a good challenge, and it's a good test of my character I abilities. You did, I think you did a fantastic <laughs> job with it. But yeah, 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 I hadn't even thought about that specifically, that, that having so much dialogue was going to be exhausting. Yeah. But I think you were very much up to the challenge. Oh, thanks. But it was also such a funny book to read in my head, but then reading it aloud, I laughed to myself more than I expected I would, which was a very charming experience because, you know, I've read many books that aren't meant to be funny and and aren't funny, and it's nice to go to work and laugh. Oh, thank you. That's (laughs) really nice to hear that it was still making you smile. So many reads later. Yeah, maybe you'll hear a a laugh squeezed in (laughs) somewhere in there. So I have a question for you. Oh, please. Now that the audiobook is wrapped, would you talk a little bit about what your journey has been like from the initial idea you had for the book to it being published and now to it being recorded? Yes. Well, as you know, there was actually a totally different version of this book before this one. And that one had a character named Winnie and her dad was named Russ and he was sick. But other than that, it was totally different, all the characters around them. Actually, she had a mom named Dana in that one, too. But the main thrust of that one was that she had superpowers. Hmm. (laughs) So it was a very different tone in the book. 
And there were a lot of things I liked about it, but ultimately my editor was not into that version of the book, which was frustrating when she first told me. But then I came to see what she was seeing, which was that she felt that version wasn't really tapping into my abilities with humor, which she'd seen on display in my first two books. So thinking about humor and ways to draw that out of the story I had, which was that this teenage girl starts getting superpowers at the same time that her dad has discovered he's sick. And so as he's getting sicker, she's getting stronger. So you were able to translate that into this in a way. Yes, totally, which was kind of unexpected and not even fully intentional. But when I brought in the idea of comedy to the story, then suddenly Winnie's superpower was being funny and her dad was her comedy hero. And as he was getting weaker, she was kind of coming into her superpower of being funny. I think it's worth mentioning also that you very much inspired this main oh. character of Winnie, a lot of qualities in Winnie. Especially her bad improv scenes. Um, her terrible <laughs> improv. That's that's the main thing you inspired. <laughs> it's in the first version, you know, where she was a superhero, you had inspired it, but more in the quality, like she was still self-deprecating and sarcastic. But then in this version, I'd say you were infused even more into the character because you talked about how goofy and silly you were as a younger person. Right. And then going into your teen years and feeling like you had to kind of put that away a little bit and you got much shyer and quieter. You know, you felt societally in a certain way, like girls are not kind of given the space to be funny. Certainly not Uh, in the late 90s. Right, right, (laughs) right. Maybe it's different now. Hopefully it's changing now. I feel like Winnie is a more confident version of me. She's who I would like to have been. Yes. Yeah. And I was, we should just say, I think this is important. I did play a dog in Annie. Absolutely. Although we learned recently <laughs> from the program my mother saved, I was not Sandy. I was a, some sort of backup dog. <laughs> you were dog number two. Yeah, I was dog two. That was an amazing yeah. moment. When and you, you said, did, oh, here's the playbill where I was Sandy. You made me Sandy, which was very nice. I upgraded yeah, for this yeah. book. I wanted but, to give you that. <laughs> um, like, I was dog number two. Did you have a favorite scene or a moment while recording this? Well, I did really love voicing Grandma Mitzi. Um, oh, that's nice. I loved her, and I did also really love the scene in the grocery store where Fletcher comes to help Russ, and the old man <laughs> comes over <laughs> to observe and be helpful as well. I mean, that was just a pleasure to experience aloud. I love that. But I, I, love I that. do, I love Grandma Mitzi. Yeah, Grandma Mitzi, who was highly inspired by my Grandma Minna, who passed away a few years ago, but who you met and knew pretty well. Yes. So it's amazing that you got to voice her. And I was not in the studio to hear those parts, so I heard a lot of this, but yeah. I'm excited to hear. I have a question for you. Do you read your words aloud when you write? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, not as a rule. It's usually, I'd say, more in rewriting when I'm, like, going okay. back over. Eh, sometimes in first drafting, too. It's very helpful. And I, I love writing dialogue. That's why my book is clearly Filled stuffed with, with dialogue, because <laughs> I really enjoy that and just... You know, people are fascinating. The way people talk is fascinating. So, And I also want to know what it's like to listen to your own work on audio. Well, this is actually the first time I get to do that because my first two books I got to narrate, right. which was so fun and exhausting. I agree. There was a lot of dialogue in there. Yeah. <laughs> that took a lot. But this was such a joy for me to be in the studio for some of it and to hear someone I so love and respect reading it who was doing such a good job with it, too. And the best parts were when there was, like, you had a surprising take on something or read it in a way that I was like, oh, I hadn't even, you know. I hadn't even put that in there. I hadn't even intended for that to be there. Do you have an example? Well, I was very moved by a lot of the moments that I intended to be moving, but I was even more moved hearing the Mm. words come out of your mouth. A lot of the scenes with Winnie and her dad, Russ, or just her talking or thinking about Russ that really just, like, 
pinged me in ways I wasn't even expecting. Suddenly, like, there were little tears coming out of my eyes in the yeah. booth. Or in the, whatever, the thing outside the booth is called the studio. Liam um, sat in the booth with me the yeah, whole time. Yeah, I, I was in the booth by your side, on your shoulder, <laughs> just looking over. Breathing. So, yeah, it was a thrill to hear my own work. But I think that also had to do with who was reading it. And that was really nice. I'm oh, good. Yeah. This is getting very sappy. Um, but... well, well, let me make it less sappy for a second, which is just that I was thinking, like, okay, so my first books, I kind of, the protagonist was inspired by myself as a teenager. And so then I got to read it. And then this book, my third book, you know, main character inspired by you and you got to read it. I was wondering if you thought, like, if I wrote a book that was like inspired by Michael J. Fox, do you think we could get him to narrate Ooh. my book and I could finally get to meet this is a Michael direct J. Fox? Pitch. Yeah. yeah, this is a pitch. I think that the only way to do it is to write a book in yeah. the voice of Michael J. I think, Fox. I think it's got to be. And, well, in fact, I know he's recorded in this studio, in this studio where we're recording yeah. this. I've had a lot of near here, misses he'll, with he'll him. Come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael J. Fox is one of my heroes, and I would love to meet him. I'd also I, love him to listen to or read Crying Laughing. Yeah, I feel like um, he should read this book. Great, great. I'm glad I was able to kind of divert this conversation to talking about Michael J. Fox. I think there's something fun in that I hear you read stories all the time at home to our young kids, how do you find reading stories to our kids compares and contrasts to, you know, narrating an audiobook? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I'm certainly more relaxed with the kids where I can do really goofy voices or do very little, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. get the words out. Yeah. So they're different, but they're also similar because... I often read things to them wanting to hold their attention so they don't run away and do something else. And so there's the same impulse to kind of how can I make this interesting or how can I tell the story well and keep, yes. keep someone listening. Which yeah. is why it's also exhausting reading stories to our to kids. To our children, yes. 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 <laughs> yes, that's true. How can we keep you here? Yeah. Yeah, and thinking, you know, and prepping for this interview, because we prepped extensively, as you know. Um, and just thinking about stories and storytelling, I was remembering when our older son went through a phase of wanting to be told suspicious stories. Suspicious stories, I should clarify, were stories where someone was acting suspiciously. And, yes. and he went through a phase of wanting us to come up with stories on the spot all the time, which is like fun once in a while, but then gets like very... Well, yeah, improvising a story is yes. a lot harder than reading text on a page. Agreed. If you're going to be an audiobook narrator... You do not have to improvise the story. <laughs> no, thank goodness for that. Yeah. That would be a lot. So should we go to the last question? Yeah. What do you like better, crying or laughing? <laughs> I think I like laughing better. I like the release of that. Laughing has always been a favorite pastime of mine. Yeah. But in writing this book and in conversations we've had and in like raising our kids even, I've come to recognize the importance of crying too, you yes. know, and how vital that is. You know, it's very obvious that you're releasing tears when you're crying, but the idea that you're releasing that emotion mm -hmm. instead of holding on to it. And definitely we've talked about that a lot. And I think that the spirit of that definitely went into the writing of this book. Not that I knew the title was going to end up being Crying Laughing the whole time I was writing it because that came up later, but I think it worked out to be a great title for it. And I think both crying and laughing are just these vital releases that human yeah. beings have at their disposal. And, and they both involve being vulnerable. Yeah. Do you have a favorite now that I just went oh, on about it? I only like to cry. I don't like to laugh. <laughs> yeah. No, I know that about you. Yeah, I hate laughing. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's always been true. Well, this has been lovely. Yes. Uh, standing in this booth that I got to watch you read Crying Laughing in over the past few days. It uh, was such a pleasure to read. I love the book so much. Thank you. I loved your read of it. Thank you.
And now listen to a clip from the audiobook. No one knows how funny I am. Well, that's not entirely true. My dad, and sometimes my mom, and my best friends Laylee and Azadan know. And I know. But no one else. Definitely no one in school, where successful humor tends to involve farts. I'm not knocking fart humor. But I recognize it is but one color in the comedy rainbow. For many people at my school, however, it is one of just three primary comedy colors, the other two being sex humor, for example, pretend humping in the hallway, and mean humor, for example, pulling away someone's chair as they sit down, which isn't even humor so much as an excuse to be an asshole. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.